Hello, welcome back to Mosaics. Uh, we're a podcast from the Idaho Office for Refugees. My name is Holly Beach, your host, and Mosaics is um, here to just help shine a light on some of the amazing diversity of Idaho um, people here that bring cultures from all over the world. Um, we just love to hear their stories. And today we have the joy of being with Sadia Abdulkadir, and she is a Boise State student who has been in Idaho since she was four years old, um, 2008. So been here a long time, and we're happy to get to know you today, Sadia. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell me what you um, are doing at Boise State. What program are you in, and what's that been like for you? Yeah, so I'm a sophomore at Boise State, and I'm studying social work. Just this semester, I got accepted to the program, and so I'll be starting next semester. And I'm coming, kind of excited, kind of scared, because it's going to go by super quick. I'll actually graduate next year in oh, the spring. So, yeah. yeah, I like, I really love the university lifestyle and the college life. And so I'll be sad it's ending super soon, but, you know, I won't really miss the work that much. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be okay. But, yeah, so I'm studying social work. And um, on campus, I'm pretty involved. I'm a part of a few clubs and organizations. And with those, I just feel like I have found my community in, mm. like, different aspects. And it just brings me joy to, you know, be around people who are, like, open-minded and fun to talk to. And it's just having a good time. Yeah, you're on the Multilingual Student Alliance. And I have been noticing you more and more on Instagram and TikTok and helping produce just fun little videos. What is the goal of that alliance and what does it mean for you in your own life? Yeah, so um, when I was first a freshman, before school even started, there was a welcome party for the Multilingual Student Alliance. And I just went because I was like, hey, I'm multilingual, I'm interested. And it was just so fun. I was able to meet people from different places who speak different languages and it was just like a fun connection. And so what that means to me is just having a place where you feel comfortable in being who you are. And it's really a learning um, opportunity where like you're able to learn different things in different languages mm -hmm. and just like appreciate different cultures in different languages. Mm -hmm. And with the social media thing, um, they didn't have a social media when I first started, but... I remember telling our advisor, I was like, hey, we should open up like an Instagram. And then that was the first year. So we had fun with that. And um, this year I was like, you know what? Let's start a TikTok. And so we've just been making fun little videos to just show people that like it's really cool and really fun to be multilingual. And there aren't there may be barriers, but it's really like an individual thing and everyone is unique in their own way and you can still have a lot of fun like being multilingual and being a college student. Mm -hmm. Were there was there a different culture that you encountered through this club that you had not really known anything about that you found especially interesting or a certain language that you weren't really exposed to before? Yes so um, I'm not really familiar with the different languages in like China and like places like that and so I remember I met um, a student in one of my classes and just throughout talking I told her about like our club and she was interested and like she came to some of our events and like meetings and so I remember doing an interview with her where I just asked her like 
what language you speak, what's your favorite phrase in your language. And I had to repeat what she was saying in her language. And so it's just really interesting. And I could I could tell how hard it is to like, you know, understand and learn a different language. And I just appreciated her like sharing that with me because at that moment I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry if I butcher it, but it's just so fascinating and like really fun. These languages can be really entertaining to learn. Yeah. You were telling me earlier that Swahili is another language that you speak. Do you have a favorite phrase or anything that you'd want to share with us about your language that you enjoy? Um, in Swahili, I'd say my favorite phrase is. I'm like trying to go back and like think. Honestly, I um. would not be able to tell you one in English. So <laughs> if you don't have one, that's totally okay. I was like, I, can I was trying to think of think, mine. I'm like, I don't even have one. <laughs> I can definitely think of one. Um, there are a few that I, that I hear my parents say a lot. So I'm just like trying to remember my favorite one. What's a common one that you hear your parents say? So this one is pretty small, like a small phrase. But my parents, something they say a lot is, Anguniako, um, and that just means what's mine is yours. And like when I was thinking about my favorite phrase, I just hear that a lot. So like that's what stuck out to me, you know. But I just like it because it's just so small, but it has a lot of meaning to me. Like when they say that in English, it like the meaning isn't as important to me than like in my language because just remembering like everything that like my parents went through and like their suffer sacrifices to get us to where we are for a better future and things like that it's just important and meaningful that they're saying like what's mine is yours you know what's yango ni yako it's just really beautiful to me that's really beautiful thank you for sharing that yeah. sorry to put you on the spot <laughs> no you're good <laughs> thank you that's beautiful um can you share a little bit about your parents journey and your family's journey and what brought you to idaho yeah so um, I don't have much memory from Kenya. I was very young, but I also don't have a good memory overall. But um, I hear my parents tell us stories all the time of life in Kenya. And my mom, when she was a teenager, she had to flee her country to a different country. And it was because, like, the war had gotten so bad. So she's originally from Somalia, but she had moved and lived in Kenya for the majority of her life. And while she was in Somalia, um, her parents had told her, like, get on this boat. Like, you're going to go to, like, a better future and this and that. And there wasn't enough space for her parents and her to go on. Mm. But her parents sacrificed that so that way she would have a better future. And I see that, like, I see my parents doing the same for us or, like, what they have done that's similar to what their parents did for them. And so, yeah, as a teenager, she had moved to a different country without... Can I clarify? You mean the grandparents yeah. said, you go and we'll stay? Yes, yeah. She was a teenager? Yes, so my mom was a teenager, and oh. her parents told her to go to this different country for her safety. Mm. And as a teenager, like, what we think about now is, like, what are we going to do tomorrow? Like, which friends are we going to hang out with? Like, you know, just, like, being reckless and having fun. Mm -hmm. And so I can imagine what she went through and all that pain. But yeah, so she had moved and took that risk and moved to Kenya. 
And that's where she also met my dad and they started their life there. And um, the war or like, just like the country, it was getting really bad. So like we, we sought refuge and living in the refugee camps, it's, it's really saddening. Like I'm grateful that there are camps where like individuals or like families can go to escape from what's going on in the country but like they still suffer from like food insecurity and like trying to figure out what to either feed their families or like their kids the next day and um just like it's kind of like just living in poverty and there are also like health diseases and things like that that they can easily catch but a lot of people like we have um family members and friends who were in those refugees camps that didn't end up staying there because it's just really hard to live that way and so I'm just thankful and grateful that my parents were able to like push through because like they saw the light at the end of the tunnel and like they were just thinking about us and our future mm-hmm. and yeah so after all of that and their hard work and like their sacrifices we were able to land in Boise and we've been here ever since and I'm so glad because I love Boise. Mm-hmm. It's it's small. It's adorable. It's perfect it's for me. <laughs> yeah, I love Boise. Uh, yeah. I feel the same way about Boise. <laughs> I keep trying to tell myself, go move somewhere else and experience a different country or a different state or something. And I just like it here. Yeah. <laughs> Was your mom ever reunited with her parents? Um, Not in Kenya. They were never reunited. But... Um, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but once we started, like, settling in, in, like, Boise and stuff, they were able to figure out, like, connections through them and be able to, like, talk to them over the phone and things like that. And um, my my mom's parents, so, like, my grandparents from my mom's side, they had died before she got to meet them again, but my dad was able to go a few years ago and see his dad in person again and so I if I was there at that moment I would have like balled out but I can just imagine how special that moment what must have been for him because even if I just like left the country for like you know study abroad or like to go to school outside of home and like I would have been re re like reconnected with my parents, I I would have been very emotional. So that must have been really emotional for him. After all those years. Yeah. And even not knowing if you would ever see them again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the hardest thing about people being displaced is there's always separation with their relatives and then years and years go by. And um, I'm glad that your mom got to talk with her parents again and um, I'm just sorry that your family had to go through that separation and that hardship and um, right. thankful that Boise was where you got to end up. Yeah, me too. And we're very much family oriented. And so I think that's one aspect um, my parents entail- instilled in us because everything I do and everything I think about is like for my family. And even when I'm either like hanging out with friends or at work, I just think of why I'm doing it and just like the joy it brings me to go back to my family and just like do activities with them and things like that. It's because we've been through so much. And even if we didn't, I just know that family, you know, they're always there for you. And it's 
just an important aspect of my life. What was it like for you being what they call a third culture kid? Um, did you feel that really, did you feel like you had to juggle things in your life in between your family culture, your school culture? Um, did you feel in the middle ever or how did you navigate that? So with that, I feel like my parents, they have taught us how to be like very open-minded and like those type of traits and values. So it was easy for me to put myself out there and, like, just, like, kind of figure out what I want to do with my life and what I like. Um, but one aspect that I want to talk about is just, like, like fashion. I'm really into fashion. Um, I feel like my mom, she has pictures from when she was younger and, like, she just has the best fashion, like, the best clothes. And when I see that, I can see why I'm so into fashion. But I see that, like, newly new incomers from like um different countries like new refugees they have like a certain aspect of their culture that they represent within their their fashion or like their outfits and stuff and a lot of them I don't see them wearing the same things after they've been here for a while mm -hmm. and I feel like they're just like going into the western culture which there's nothing wrong with that but I just appreciate people representing themselves and sometimes they can feel like they don't belong unless they look a certain way and like that most of the time it means getting rid of an aspect of their culture and um, I just wish it was different because for me I'm really like into my culture and like I love representing it and things like that and so seeing individuals like suffering from that or like um, just feeling like they don't belong and have to be someone they don't want to it's just really saddening because there's a better way of going about like adapting it to the lifestyle and the new environment without changing who you are mm -hmm. that's a really good point I imagine that if I were to move somewhere else I would try to just fit in and not stand out but at the same time, you're right. The clothing from some of the different cultures is so vibrant and so beautiful mm -hmm. that it's almost when, sometimes when I see it, I realize how boring mine is. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Um, so that, can you talk a little bit more about that and how you think people can feel empowered? Like, do you think people ever feel like not wanting to stand out any more than they have to? Yeah, and being new to a country is just, well, I wasn't really new at um, the age I am now, but if I were to go into a different country and it would just be like a whole new experience, you know, I wouldn't want to stick out more than I already am. And like just seeing people and individuals from like what they're wearing can really help, not help, but like can really point out that they're different. And like as humans, we don't want to be different. We don't want to be an outcast and things like that. And so it's really difficult juggling that, especially if you're proud of who you are, but you also don't want others to think a certain way of you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's this like perspective or stigma of refugees that um, they don't really like, you know, they don't really know what they're doing here. And mm -hmm. like that might be true because you're new to a whole country, you know, you're just trying to navigate through life. But also we forget that like they didn't have a choice to come here. They came here as refugees because they were just trying to escape, like, war and things like that for, for like, what was going on in the country. 
But yeah, it's just very difficult trying to figure out like who you are. And on top of that, having people like judge you and just like putting their opinions and like what you should do and things like that. Mm. Uh, last week with Moses, our guest, we talked about the word refugee. And if it's because it means an, an immigration status for a time, like a temp, like, and then people who came as refugees um, aren't always refugees. They become American citizens and build their lives here. Um, but what does that word mean to you? And do you feel like it was any any pride around it, or do you feel like you don't like being described as that? And how how do you interact with that word? I feel like I definitely grew out of it when I was younger. The word refugee, it just like the stigma around it, I didn't really like it. But now I am definitely proud of being refugee, a refugee. And to me, there's a lot of pride of it within the word because, like, it just rem reminds me how much my family went through, especially my parents. Because I was, I was, since I was young, I don't really, I feel like I didn't really have much of, like, an impact in um, coming here and, like, things like that. But if I was older, it would have been a lot more hard to, like, navigate through life and just, like, find my place in this world. But since I was young, I was able to kind of, like, adapt and, like, change into the culture a bit more. Like, even since I started school at a young age, I don't really have an accent. And that's something that people can, like, the first thing people hear from you if you speak. And so, like, even sometimes people are like surprised like oh you don't have an accent like well your English is so good and they are kind of like surprised that I'm a refugee and to me it's kind of disheartening because a refugee is just a big part of my background and who I am because it shows like how res resilient we can be and things like that and so yeah I definitely have pride, it, pride of it because not a lot of people can move to a different country and like adapt yet alone like what my especially my mom like what they went through yeah yeah at age four you do have your family surrounding you and you're a kid and you can not carry all the heavy burdens mm -hmm. that maybe your parents carried um what are your parents what do they do now for, for work yeah so my dad he i don't know exactly what he does um, he's really good at, like, protecting us and doing everything he has to do to get us to, you know, our better future and things like that. But I do remember he used to work with, like, within the schools, like, as a janitor and, like, a custodian. And that was, like, in my early lives. Like, I remember I would be at North Junior High and he would come in, like, right after the bell rings and, like, I would see him and it was just you know, a good way to end my school. And um, I'm just thankful for all the work that he does. And my mom, she is a stay-at-home mom, and, like, she takes care of the kids. And, yeah, together they're just wonderful and, like, just super strong. They do what they got to do. And I'm just thankful that I have them because we come from, like, a big family. I have seven siblings. Mm. And to me... In the beginning, when I was younger, I wanted so many kids because of um, how my family was. But now I'm like, wow, that's a lot to manage. I, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. So they're definitely super strong, and I'm yeah. just really impressed by the way they have raised their family. That's so funny. As a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a reasonable number. <laughs> like, I grew up in a family of four kids, 
And I always thought, oh, yeah, four seems perfect. I'm like, three families with two kids, that's like too <laughs> small. And now as an adult, I'm like, I don't have children, but I definitely wouldn't be having four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's from this side of it. No, no. <laughs> no, that's really special, though, that you got to have a big family. And I liked being part of a, I thought mine was big, but you, you beat me. <laughs> I like being part of a big family, too. You are studying social work, as you said. Can you tell me what inspired you to get into social work and what you hope to do with that degree? Yeah, so in high school, um, I was really into psychology. And so I remember, like, just, like, talking through my friend to my friends and things like that. They would always tell me, like, you should be a therapist. You're good at talking to people and things like that. And it's something I really like doing. I feel like it's just, like, fun. And so I was looking into psychology and then I figured out that social work was a degree. And to me, I feel like the work social workers do, just it has a bigger impact in the world. And I, in the future, I want to work in the mental health and be like some sort of counselor. And so it's very similar to social work, uh, to psychology. It's just a lot less school, so that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> but... Just like when we first came here as refugees, I don't remember much, but I can always remember like the impact the community made on us and like they would always have events and they were just like so welcoming and there were a lot of uh, social workers that helped us like navigate through life and like all aspects, whether it was like housing, like um, transportation and like things like that. And so it was just like a big impact to think about and why not share that and just like you know give back in that way since that's something that made made me who i am and yeah so that's why and also i feel like i joke around with my parents sometimes and i tell them that they're the first social workers i know because just the work they not the work but like as a parent you just do so much for your kids and you really care about them deeply and take care of them in all aspects and I feel like that's what social workers do just for the community. And so I'm just glad I figured out there was a certain career like that. That's so great. I'm so thankful you're studying that because just even the the language skills and like the cultural savviness that you're going to bring to that role for people. I mean, I can't imagine how uncomfortable I might feel if I went through something and had to leave and was in another country and I couldn't talk to someone in English if I had mm -hmm. to like talk through. It would be just an extra barrier to really you know, wanting to open up, I think. And so I think you might provide this safe space for people that can open up to you in Swahili. Or, um, yeah, thank you. I hope you so too. Yeah. And I feel like um, my parents, they, like the way they raised their family were just like very family oriented, you know. But I know that especially in different cultures, people are like the things they go through, it has a big impact on like their mental health, but they're not willing to like talk about it and, they feel like if they talk about it, they're going to be judged in a certain way. And it's honestly like our, the way our society thinks as a whole and like the stigma around mental health, but especially in different cultures because they feel like they don't have a space to share that. And I'm just fortunate that like the way I was raised, um, it was very much like you matter as an individual and um, not every day is a good day, but, you know, you can make it a good day if you want to. And, like, you have to take care of yourselves and things like that. Yeah, I've noticed kind of two different, like, distinct approaches to when it comes to therapy. And one I've seen is, like, 
why rehash the past and why bring it all back up? That was painful. Let's let it be in the past and like just look ahead and do our best. I've seen that kind of approach. And then I've seen an approach where it's your past wounds impact how your body responds to current situations. And you might be responding big to a situation that's not big because it's your wound responding. And so you can try to process and heal it. And so um, it's interesting the different ideas around therapy and everyone brings their own approach to yeah. what's needed. Yeah, I definitely feel like repressing your background or like your past and repressing your feelings can do more harm than good. Um, I'm not exactly sure what approach that is. Maybe there's like technical things that like, um, like why they talk about it. There's a reason and stuff. But for me, I just feel like your past has a big impact in your future. And if it wasn't a good past, at least, like, you learn lessons from it. But if you don't think about your past, then you're not, like, like good with who you are. And um, just, like, things about your past can really have a big impact, especially if it's, like, trauma-based. Then you don't want to, like, wake up one day, like, talking to someone and then, like, just out of nowhere like you clash or like something happens you know and so it's just for me really important to to first of all like recognize what your trauma is if any and then also like either to talk to, to someone about it or like get help on it yeah I think it also helps build compassion for yourself because you're like oh this behavior I was like ashamed that I did it's a normal human response when you've gone through something like that yeah. it's like it's like if you get nauseous and sick you're gonna throw up if you ate something bad your body's just doing what your body's doing kind of the same thing if you have a trauma response and you know you maybe you got triggered or did something you didn't like or said something you didn't like it's like well your body's trying to protect itself still from yeah that and thing. yeah and i feel like um mental health is something we don't see so it's not really talked about as much um, now it's definitely talked about more because people see the importance and like the impact of not talking about it and not taking care of ourselves in that way. And it's not like when you like break an ankle, you go to the doctors and they can fix that right away because they can see it. It's something that takes time and just like realizing that like the first step you need to take is realizing that you need the help or just realizing that it's there. Mm -hmm. And you were a high schooler at a very difficult time, I think, for students. The pandemic hit when you were, which grade were you in when the pandemic hit? I was in 10th grade. 10th grade. And so that totally changed how your high school looked. Um, did you did you start to feel, I mean, even now we're seeing repercussions of students. Um, sadly, in our community, we've seen you know, students take their own lives this year and, and our community is coming together to talk about mental health and how can we help kids. I think we've all been through so much in the past couple of years, especially if you're a kid and a student. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you to be a 10th grader when all that was happening? Yeah. Well, I will say, I don't think it was as bad for me. Mm -hmm. um, I had my family around me all the time, so that was definitely fun. But I can't imagine being like a student at school, like, alone in the house, especially if you don't have any siblings and your parents are at work and things like that. It can definitely 
feel isolating and yeah it's definitely it was definitely a hard time for a lot of people and um yeah like I said for me my family were was there for me and I feel like we're a community and like as our own and that's what really helped me through so many different things but even with COVID um having the community there whether it's like your family or like your friends or like your neighbors or anything like that it's just really important because anything can happen at any given time and you shouldn't feel like you're you have to go through it alone you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of individuals in in the state they are very very like individualistic and feel like they need to do things on their own without reaching out and things like that and so like one advice I'd give to like either refugees or just literally anyone is to put yourself out there advocate for yourself and just like surround yourself with good people who either care about you or like you care about them and then like you can all grow together it does get very uh, individual, individualized how we live, and I think that can lead to isolation, like you yeah. said. So I'm really thankful that you have such a tight-knit family around yeah, you. Yeah, me too. Um, you, there's a couple of programs that I've heard a lot about working in refugee resettlement, and one is One Refugee that works with um, students for, um, just for our listeners' sake, uh, works with students who are from refugee backgrounds to help them with funding for school, uh, mentorship, advice, guidance. And so I'd love to hear about um, your experience with One Refugee and what it meant for you and your career as a student. Yeah, so I found out about One Refugee um, my senior year in high school. And there was a class that we took that it was like an English class, but within the English class, we just learned more about preparation for college and things like that. And so it was just a really good resource because, like, one, you have to take English, but two, you get to build your resume and, like, have mentorship and things like that. And so um, after I graduated from co- from high school, I was able to continue with One Refugee in college. And it, they were really helpful my first year, just being able to talk to them once a month and just, like, let them know, like, what's going on in my life. And... I really developed like relationships with my, what's it called, like my career managers because they were able to um, understand like what I like, who I am as a person, and then with that they were able to help me like find opportunities to either network or to uh, take advantage of. And I'm really big into like volunteering and uh, volunteering opportunities, and that's something they also help me do is like find those opportunities to get out there in the community and, like, help out in different ways. So, yeah. Can you share about some of the volunteer work that you've done or what's been fun for you? Like, what projects have you enjoyed? Yeah, so something I really like doing, it was since high school. Um, I was with AVID, which is, like, a college preparation class. And we did Wake Up Boise, like, every year. And when I was in college, I was kind of scared that, like, I – wouldn't really have the opportunity to do so because for me it was just like really meaningful to get out there and help individuals who needed that help you know and um one refugee they shared an opportunity to do like a rake up Boise thing and so I went with the group and one of the houses we did there was um a woman who 
like she didn't have all of her limbs and she came out in the cold and she was just like saying thank you and it was just so beautiful because it shows that like just a little thing that you can do can go a long way and even if like to me and to you it doesn't seem like a big deal if someone rakes their leaves to others it's a really big deal so yeah you're also you're you are a very involved person because another thing I haven't even had a chance to mention yet is Neighbors United, which if you listen to Mosaics, you probably heard about Neighbors United. It's a collaborative in Boise of a of one bunch of different stakeholders who work to make our community stronger, specifically for people who might be in a vulnerable position, such as newly arrived refugees, um, whether that's jobs, transportation, uh, school, uh, communications, all that stuff. So you are now the a fellow. With, yes. with Neighbors United. So yeah. tell me about your role with that. Yeah, I was super excited to get that role. And I actually learned about that position from One Refugee. And so that's something else that, like, I was able to talk to them about. Like, I was interested in, like, an internship. And they know that, like, with my background and just, like, the things I'm passionate about, they gave me that opportunity to, like, apply, you know. And I'm just thankful that I found Agnew Beck and then was also able to be the Neighbor United Fellow because I feel like the work they do is just really impactful and really beautiful like um, just yesterday actually there was an opportunity to like host a family or like adopt a family within like the Ukraine Welcome Center and it's basically where like a family they provide a list of things they want and then you can go out there and like spoil them and <laughs> it's just super fun I was able to go to the store with like my family members and we just had so much fun like picking presents and like just things we thought would be beneficial but also really exciting to receive you know mm -hmm. and so yesterday I um, got in contact with the family and there was a translator provided and so that's also something I'm thankful for because, like, these communities, we see that there's, like, different needs. And so they were able to provide that translator to avoid any, like, language barriers and things like that. But, yeah, I was able to meet the family, and she she was just very grateful. And, like, it was just, it, ju it just brought so much joy to me. And she invited me in her home and, like, made me tea. Mm -hmm. And we just, like, sat there while she opened the presents. And it was just a really fun and vulnerable and very emotional experience. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah. And it was just something that, um, like, when I think about it, it's not something that I normally talk about because, like, I like being humble and, like, I do a lot of different things without speaking about them because just that's just who I am as a person. But it's important to, like, share that because others can know that it's not, like, a burden to help, like, refugees. It's really fun. It can be a really fun experience, and it's really meaningful, yeah. Yeah, it can increase your own sense of happiness and connection, too. Yeah. That's special. So, Sadia, I want to kind of wrap up with, um, since we're so close to the new year, What's something that, I heard this question on the radio the other day, and I really <laughs> liked it. Uh, what's something that made you happy this year, besides what you just shared? <laughs> so many different things made me happy this year. Um, I'm just really thankful for the life I have and just to be able to 
you know, give back to the community and things like that bring me joy. But this year, since I'm, like, very close to my family, because, like, I told you how, like, we moved out, and now um, we're back home with my si- my sister and I are back home with my family. Mm. I am able to see my nephew every single day, and literally everyone I talk about know how obsessed I am with him. How old is he? He is, he is four years old. Aww. Yeah. He is a really reckless, and <laughs> he has a lot of energy. <laughs> But um, he's just super fun and brings me so much joy. And, yeah, that's just something, like, I always think about. Like, even if I'm having a rough day or, like, I'm very tired, I just think about, like, going back to home and seeing him. And, yeah, he just brings me a lot of joy. Oh, that's so sweet. And then I look ahead to the year ahead. Um, What's something that you would like to experience or see happen for yourself in the year ahead so next year hopefully i'll be doing my practicum hours with within my social work program and so something i'm looking forward to is just like figuring out what i want to do with um like my degree basically and like just like experimenting because something i know is that like i want to go into the mental health field but I don't know exactly what I want to do, and I feel like that's going to give me clarity on, like, what I like, what I don't like. And it's also just a good opportunity to learn. I mean, I I love education. Like, I love the purpose of it. And I feel like without education, you're kind of just, like, stuck in one place, and you can't really um, grow from there. But I'm very thankful that I'm able to have an education. And so I find it really important to take that opportunity and like grow as much as I can and learn as much as I can and so yeah just being able to grow as a person as an individual and help and grow the community as well in any way I can and then also learn from my internship what I want to do in the future that sounds really great do you um as we enter kind of the holiday season do you have any favorite family holiday traditions coming up that you're excited for i told you earlier about my mom's cinnamon rolls that <laughs> are coming being made saturday so i'm pretty excited about that um we don't really have since like with my religion we don't really celebrate christmas but something that i really like about my family is that we just like spending that time together and we're very much like com- not community we're very much activity oriented like we do a lot of activities together and that's just very fun for us and um like the reasoning behind christmas isn't like as important to us but we we do really like gift gift giving mm-hmm. and we so we do that and i'm just excited to see my nephew and just like my younger siblings and just my family in general open up the gifts and we also don't celebrate Easter, but we love doing, like, Easter hunts during um, Christmas just because, like, it's time that we have with each other, and it's just, like, a fun activity. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to enjoy the break and do activities with my family and, yeah, opening presents because I love gift-giving, mm-hmm. and I find it really um, valuable that, like, I think about, like, others and I can express that way in gifts. So I'm excited to see the reactions. Especially when there's a four-year-old in the mix. That's yes. Always, that yeah. always makes it exciting. <laughs> Definitely. Well, so 
Claudia, thank you. And I do hope you have a beautiful time with your family. Get a lot of rest. I know you're a college kid, so please sleep a lot. <laughs> and Definitely this, will do. Enjoy this break. So it's really been really great talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.